I want to talk to you. I don't have just a Father's Day message. I believe I have the word of the Lord for you this morning concerning where God is leading not only this church, but this region, this group of people that God has brought together for such a time as this. And so if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of John chapter 15. I didn't give people in the booth back their scriptures, but I, uh, I read pretty good. So if they don't throw it up there, I can, you can follow me. John chapter 15. Starting in verse 1, Father, we bless your name. And before we get into this, let's give praise to the Father of all fathers because it is his day. Every day is his day, and he's worthy of all. Now, you gave Pastor Val and Pastor Zach a bigger hand clap of praise than that. Can you give the one who's truly worthy the hand clap that he deserves? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Can I just ask, if you will, can you stand just for a few more moments just to honor the Word of God? And uh, I'm going to go through this quickly. I'm just going to use this scripture as kind of a backdrop to where I believe the direction is going. We've got a few more portions of scripture. Got a lot of Bible this morning, but a long way to go and a short time to get there. But we're going to get there. Amen. John chapter 15, starting in verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Your pruning concerns the harvest. I just want you to know that. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot, cannot, cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit." So you will be my disciples. Father, we thank you for ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking into this body. Father, Lord, and our hearts are receptive. I charge this atmosphere with a pliable heart to receive that which you want to speak into our life, God. And we receive it with all gladness and anticipation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord Church. I want to talk to you about being connected this morning. And we're going to go through three different avenues of being connected. But I think it's so crucial, even when Pastor Zach got up here Wednesday night and we've been watching uh, the services online when he was talking about the dream that he had concerning the snakes, the one way to not be in fear in the coming days, because I do believe that hell is trying to invade the very fabric of the nation. And guys, that's not a revelation to anybody. You can watch the news and get frustrated you can see all the things that are going on in our nation and understand that we are under attack from nothing less than a demonic influence but the way that we become victorious and the way that we overcome in this hour is remaining connected to the vine in no way will we be able to produce what we are intended to to produce without a divine connection to the vine. We understand that that is the very life source 
source. We understand that being connected to God is the one crucial avenue we must take in order for us to stand in the strength and the victory and to produce what we were called to produce in this hour because without being connected to God, we will never produce anything that God is calling us into. And guys, hear me when I say this. I have been in ministry since I was 19 years old. I'm 39 years old now. And you know, we have tried everything except the God way. We thought, you know what, if we come up with good ideas, then all of a sudden it's going to produce the fruit that was intended to be produced. If we try this one good thing, if we try the next good thing, and what we have done instead of producing fruit, we have moved from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. When it sounds better, when it's flashier and everybody else is doing it, then we're going to grab a hold of it and we're going to move into something that God has ordained. The only thing is, is when we're not connected strictly to the vine, we will never produce what God intended to produce. And guys, what God intends to produce is something so far beyond our realm or scope that we could ever even imagine. You know what's amazing to me is when prophetic words are released from this house, it goes into the atmosphere and it begins to stir people up. But I want us to understand it's just a piece of the fullness of what God intends to do in a region. Amen. Guys, it's not just about building a big church. It's not just about being the name that everybody looks at and says, praise God for that church and those leaders. They're really doing the work of the kingdom because if we're flourishing but the rest of the region is decaying, then we're not doing what God intended for us to do. Amen? We've got to stay connected to the vine. We've got to stay connected to the source. The source, the re, the source is what creates the resource that we need. Everything flows out of the realm of the spirit. Everything flows out of the realm of the spirit. And guys, what we've been doing, we've been striving. And I know a lot of you, if you're anything like me, we are striving to get something done for the kingdom of God. But God doesn't call us to strive to get something done. He calls us to abide in the vine. And when we abide in the vine, it just happens. I remember one of the things that I love to read at the beginning of every year, A.W. Tozer. It's a devotional that he has, but he's, he talks about what we can do is we can read about revival, we can pray about revival, we can declare revival, we can, we can get together and we can fast and just decree the word of the Lord. But until we return to the Lord, we will never see the revival that we're decreeing we're going to see. But really, when we step into that realm of abiding in the vine, the revival that we are hoping for will just begin to flow out of us because we won't be striving for something God is doing. We will be flowing with what's something that God is doing. Abiding comes from a word it means to habitually lodge, to remain, not to depart, to continue to be. Guys, what God is intending to do and lead us into is not just get saved and stay saved. Guys, I want you to understand something, that your salvation is the entry point to the life of God, not the pinnacle of your Christianity. Amen? Guys, and you've got to move on from this place that you entered the gate and move into the fuller things of God. Amen? The Bible even talks about, guys, sooner or later we're going to have to get off the milk and we're going to have to start devouring the meat. But how do you devour the meat? It's really quite simple. We've made it about everything and we've strategized and we've had meetings, but just stay connected to the vine and it will begin to flow out of you. That's just the way that it works. The kingdom of God is not so far advanced that we don't understand it. And boy, if we just got a revelation one of these days about the nuances of the Spirit of God, we could begin to do something. No, it's really quite simple. You just abide and live with God. 
You know, the very pinnacle of Christianity is not ministry. I, I believe that in the introduction to humanity, all the way back in the book of Genesis, the key point that God was intending to make was everything is about relationship. When he built, when he created Adam in his likeness, it wasn't just so he could have dominion. I believe it was the relationship that created the dominion that was to be released upon the earth. And then when he made and formed, when he formed Eve out of the rib of Adam, I believe what he was intending to do is not just give man a help me. I believe he was wanting something to be released through the avenue of a relationship. God is a relational God. And he wants us to be connected to him in such a way that it's not just a church thing. It's not just a Pentecostal thing. It's not just a charismatic thing. It's a Jesus thing. And we stay connected to the realm of Jesus and we refuse to depart from that place. We've got to remain. We've got to have this connection that creates the flow out of the vine, that's where the resources come. That's where everything that we need comes. You remember the children of Israel when they were walking out in the wilderness. You find them for 40 years hoping that something is going to fall out of the sky. But you know what? They eventually stepped into a promise. When they stepped into the promise, it no longer fell out of the sky, but it began to flow with milk and honey. And guys, we as a people have got to get past this. God, I hope it happens today. God, I hope it happens today. I hope something just falls out of the sky and hits me on top of the head so that way I can get my life on track. And God is saying, no, we're past that point of the wilderness. We're stepping, we've already stepped into the promise and now your life can flow with God instead of just hoping that one day it's going to happen. You know, this is what aggravates me. Does anything ever aggravate you? (laughs) Yeah, right. One of the things that aggravates me is all, so many people, they're always talking about one day, Pastor, one of these days, bless God, God's going to do something one of these days. One of these days, one of these days. You know what I love about, Jesus said this about John the Baptist. He said he was the greatest man ever born among women. Because John the Baptist wasn't willing to go with all the other people that have always said one day he's coming. John the Baptist stood on the saying, he's not coming, he's here. Guys, and I want to declare to you that if you abide with God, you're not waiting for nothing. It's already here. Amen. Guys, if you're not abiding with God, then you're hoping for a day that it will happen. But when you get real and you connect with God on a supernatural level, then you will begin to flow in the things that you've always dreamed that you would flow with but never thought you could. Amen. Stay connected to the vine. When we are fully connected, the Father is glorified. This should be the one desire of every believer in this house. Not that I'm seen, not that I get a microphone, because I can tell you one thing, my goal in life was not to be up on this stage with a microphone. People used to ask me, you're going to be a preacher? Ain't no way I'm going to be a preacher. Ain't no way I'm going to stand up in front of a group of people and, and spit and scream and all this good stuff. I ain't going to do it. But you know what? What happens is God began to release something in my heart, and out of that, I believe the Father is glorified. And you know what? If it glorifies the Father, then we should have that type of moving on the inside of us that everything we do would bring glory to the Father. Because the result, when we glorify the Father, the result is bearing fruit that can satisfy the weary souls that God intended to reach through our connection to Him. I want you to understand something. There's a purpose for you being connected. First and foremost, it's about you being connected. But God wants to use that connection to begin to touch the world around you. 
God wants to use that connection, that resource that you need in order to do what you're called to do. If you will just stay connected to the vine, it will just begin to flow out of you with the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Now, just a few quick things. How do we be connected to the Father? How do we stay connected to the Father? It's really quite simple. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Well, how in the world am I going to pray without ceasing? I ain't got time to pray without ceasing. It doesn't necessarily mean that you get down at the altar and you bow your head and you close your eyes. It's an attitude that you stay in a constant flow with the Spirit of God. You know what I love about Smith Wigglesworth? And just so me and my wife have this thing, you know, I said it said one way and she said it the other way and we were both wrong. I looked it up last night. But Smith Wigglesworth, amazing man of faith, but he said something crazy like this. He says, there is never 30 minutes in the day, or he said, I never pray more than 30 minutes, but there's never 30 minutes that goes by that I don't pray. How does that even happen? He has an engaged mind with the Spirit of the Lord. When you are truly connected to the vine, guys, it's not something that you do, it's something who you are. And guys, just prayer and connection to the Father is just a natural byproduct of what comes out of you being connected to the vine. But if you're not connected to the vine, then you're going to strive to find time to pray. And then when you do find time to pray, you're going to feel defeated in your time of prayer. You're going to try to find time to worship. And when you're striving to make room for all this stuff, you will find that you never have room for any of this stuff because you're not being connected to the vine. Everything that you desire, how many of you want to grow closer to God? Yeah, everybody, just about everybody in this room, the rest of you by the time we're done, you're going to have that desire as well. Praise the name of the Lord. How does that happen? You flow with him. You get connected to him. You pray without ceasing. The Bible says in James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Guys, the more we press into God, the more that he presses into us. But you know what? I've come to the understanding that the more we draw, God is ever present. And I think when we draw near to God, it just gives us a better understanding that he is always present. Amen? We think when we press into God, he just shows up not knowing that he was already there to begin with. Amen? But when we press into God and we flow with God, we understand that he has been there orchestrating this event all of the time to begin with. Amen? Not only that, you dive into the word. The Bible says in 2 Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know he's talking to who? He's talking to you. He's talking to me. Guys, did you not understand that those things, well, one of these days when I get more Bible in me and one of these days when I get this and I get that, then I'll be thoroughly equipped. No, you have already been thoroughly equipped by the Spirit of the living God. Amen? You've got to stay connected to God. Without anything, if you remember anything that I say this morning, I know you're going to remember it all, but the one crucial point that you've got to remember, stay connected to the vine. Don't go back to that life of the law that says if I'm not good enough, then God won't accept me. Guys, that has been done away with and fulfilled by the precious blood of Jesus. You flow with the vine. Amen. Hallelujah. Guys, and not only that, as a byproduct of being connected to the vine, this is the second thing I want to talk to you guys about. I think out of that, we need to flow and be connected to his church. 
And guys, when I talk about his church, I know we are the church, we are the body of Christ, but I'm talking about the house of God because there's something that God intends to do in your life that will benefit the whole of the people that God has connected you with. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.16, for whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. And it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Your life, I want you to hear me when I say this, your life and your involvement being connected to the Father crucially matters in this hour. I thought that would have been a great time to say amen. Right? Guys, I want to say it again. Your involvement... Your life spent well with God is critical in this hour to the place that God has established you in in this house. Can I just say it one more time? Because some, I don't know if you're anything like me. Sometimes I need to hear it more than once. Your involvement matters. Guys, this is not pastor talk. This is not preacher talk. This is Bible talk. This is Bible talk you have got to be joined and knit together with the people that God has entrusted you to help build up and to edify in this hour. Think about this just for a moment. How would the church look if everybody built up the people around them just like you do? How much time do you spend? And guys, your involvement sometimes is the very avenue in which God will use you to help your brothers and sisters be being built up. Guys, and I'm telling you, we live in this hour where it seems like every time you step outside of the doors of the church, the enemy is slapping you upside the head and you're thinking, where did that come from? And you think, when am I going to get a reprieve? And it doesn't come and the enemy just keeps coming and we have got to have the body of Christ. But you know what? I have got to rise and be seated with Christ in this hour to begin to produce what I need to produce in order to help my brothers and sisters. The part you play is crucial to the stability and the health of the body that is meant to be an expression of the kingdom of God in our region. Did you hear that? Guys, you're not just being involved so that way you can step into a house and just have a position. Or you can have a ministry. Or you can have this. Or you can have these, this coveted thing in the, in the church today, a title. You know what, there's a lot of people that have titles that aren't doing nothing, but there's a lot of people that don't have a title that's producing the kingdom. And let me ask you, would you rather have a title and do nothing? And I'm not saying that people with a title can't do anything. I'm just saying that we are living in a day where people are more apt to go after a name instead of the one name that is holy and the one name that has the ability to produce everything we desire. The part you play is crucial. Crucial to the stability and the health of the body that is meant to be an expression of the kingdom of God. Ephesians 4.1 says this, walk worthy of the calling to which you were called. Now, I looked that up in, in the Passion Translation. I want you to listen to this. This is what it says. Walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank given to you in your divine calling. Church, I want you to understand something in the kingdom of God. We're, we're going to have to begin to shift our thinking to this. It's you are not working, trying to walk holy, trying to be righteous and all these, so that way one of these days you will get a high rank. When you come into the fellowship of the knowledge and saving power of Jesus Christ, you are already given that high rank within the kingdom. Now your responsibility is to walk worthy of the high rank which God has already placed on your life. Amen? 
Guys, you're not striving to get there. You are there. You just got to walk according to that which is already on you. Amen? And what we do, and I think we've fallen short because we refuse to grab a hold of that place that we are already created to be in. You got to walk worthy and walk holy in a way that is suitable to what's already on your life. Because it's not that one of these days, bless God, we're going to get this calling and we're going to move in it. No, you've already got it. The Bible says this, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. It's already on you. You just walk worthy of it. And the more you stay connected to the vine, the more you're not going to have to strive to walk worthy of the thing that's already on your life. And you will begin to produce something in the body that God has entrusted you to connect with. For the true expression of the kingdom to manifest as the body of Christ, every part, every part produces fruit by your connection to the Father. And as a byproduct of that, it causes healthy growth to the spiritual advancement of the church. You know, we've always wanted our churches to be spiritual, right? We want, our, we want the church to be fully aware of what we're engaged in because we're in a spiritual fight. And the more that I have been in ministry, the more that I am fully aware that a lot of people that should be fully aware of the spiritual fight is completely ignorant of the spiritual fight. So how do we do this? We teach people to connect with the vine, and when they connect with the vine, they will be enabled to gather the information by revelation to engage in the spiritual fight. Amen? It's amazing to me that we try to teach and we try to shove it down people's throat, but the problem is not the spiritual aspect, it's their connection. That's why your connection is so crucial. Does anybody ever get in this place and something is said or something is done, it just goes way over your head? No, but praise the name of the Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. It, it does it to me. But you know, it's not because the person that is releasing that or when the spirit is flowing, it's not because their intellect is higher than mine. Maybe their connection is deeper than mine. So what we have done is we said, you know what, we're going to live off other people's revelation, not understanding that we can live in a place to get our own revelation and begin to release the word of the Lord in those places that God has connected with. Because whether you like it or not, not everybody is called to be up here behind a pulpit. But your connection is just as vital and just as important to the one that is called to stand up here behind a pulpit. Now, how many of you would have came today if they'd have said, we don't know if there's going to be a preacher there or not. We, we don't know. Well, that doesn't flow very well. Right? There's not going to, I don't know if the worship team's going to show up. I don't know if anybody's going to open the door for me. I don't even know if somebody came this week to clean the bathrooms. I don't know if there's going to be paper towels and toilet paper in there or not. It would begin to call something, but I want you to understand something. All of these things make up the whole of the body of Christ, and without it, we become in lack. Amen? This is why your connection is so Crucial. If you slack in your role and what God has called you to do, the body of Christ is diminished and cannot function properly. Now, now I want you to hear something. This, this is a, uh, a statistic that I have heard. And anybody that's ever been in leadership or in any type of place in a church knows what I'm talking about. There's a st statistic that says 20% of the people in a church does 100% of the work. But can I just go ahead and bring a correction to that statement? I don't believe that's true. I believe 20% of the people do 20% of the work the church is called to do. 
Because if we're only operating with a 20% connection, then what we are doing is only operating at a 20% capacity of the fullness of what God wants to release into the atmosphere and the region of the place we're called into. So there's great flame, there's great things coming from this house. There is amazing things flowing from this house. People all across the region from Kentucky and Tennessee and Illinois and Arkansas and Missouri and all the surrounding areas look to this place for leadership. But can I say what could happen if everybody began to be connected and this place no longer operates in 20% or 30% but we begin to operate in the fullness of what God has instructed this house to operate in. What's the very vision of the church that the people of God operate in the fullness that they are called into? Why do we operate in the fullness? Because when we operate in the fullness, the region can operate in fullness. Not just the four walls of the place we meet on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. Amen? Hallelujah. You guys good? You guys all right? Your connection matters. Without you, things are out of alignment. Did you hear that? Well, it seems like the church is functioning just well without me doing anything. Without you, everything is out of alignment because you have a part to play. You have something in your DNA by the Spirit of God that can release fruit into this atmosphere. And guys, we are needing fruit in the atmosphere. We are needing fruit in the atmosphere because when there's fruit in the atmosphere, we will begin to see the results that we had hoped but only declared that we would see, not that we would actually see. Amen? Church, make available your gift and your calling to the Lord in the body of Christ. Amen? Connection to the church builds the body. You being connected, you being placed into this place with your gift and your calling and your anointing, it begins to build, it begins to console, it begins to strengthen, and it begins to comfort the body. Or in other words, a great way to say it is one of the core values of the church. We're really better together. We're really better together. We are better, can you, can you say that? We are better together. And without you, we move in lack. Without your gift, without your, why did God send you here to release something out of you? Now, hear me when I say this. Your connection matters. Your connection to the vine matters. Your connection to the church matters. It doesn't mean that you're going to walk in a position, or maybe that's not even your calling, but maybe your calling is that when somebody walks in off the street, the anointing on your life, when you walk up and you give them a smile, you grab them by the hand, and you say, we are so blessed to see you this morning, it begins to break down the barriers and the bondages and the strongholds that's upon their life because they came into the anoint they came into an encounter with your anointing that you carry by your connection to the vine. We're better together. We need you. We need you. Third thing I want to talk about just briefly is being connected not just to God. Everything is a byproduct of, out of being connected to God being connected to the church, but here's the thing, we've got to be connected to each other. We must be connected to each other. This is what I found out, what, a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago now, we had a Sunday morning and a Sunday night service. And just things weren't cutting, we're just like, this ain't cutting it. So what we did, we did the sacrilegious thing by canceling Sunday night service. All right, because heaven forbid you do anything like that because that's our traditions. And, and, and I know you haven't had Sunday night here. But guys, I want you to understand something. What was produced out of that? 
Because you have a relationship with people you go to church with, but you really don't know them. Hello? You walk in, you say, man, it's so good to see you. Haven't seen you in a week, haven't talked to you in a week. You look nice this morning. You smell great. Your hair's all fixed up. Yeah, you've really done yourself up today. And that's about the extent of your relationship. And you think we're going to tear down strongholds with relationships like that? We've bumped our head. Amen? But what we did, we canceled underneath the inspiration of Holy Spirit. We feel like we got a word. We canceled Sunday night and we used Sunday afternoon to begin to get involved with the people in our church. So we begin to go out to lunch with them. We begin to go to their houses. They begin to come to our houses. And we found out that, my goodness, people are fighting hell just like we're fighting hell. You know, despite whether you want to realize it or not, everybody around you is not walking in the clouds of glory and you by yourself are fighting hell alone. Everybody is fighting hell, maybe not in their family, but in their extended family. Maybe their kids are lost. Maybe the the addiction that is running rampant in our region right now is affecting just about everybody in here. Amen? Maybe not in your particular family, but you know people that's very dear, your friends, and they're being torn apart, and we begin to build a life with people. But then we begin to think of something else, that we were connecting with people, and it seemed like the church was beginning to connect with us, but they still weren't connecting with each other. Guys, it's easy to connect with the leadership, but are you willing to connect with each other? Because we talk about our, we are better together, but are we really better together if we're really not together? What we're going to have to do, and me and Melissa had this glorious time for, for about a year and a half, two years, that we were connected with a body, a church, Pastor Jack and Lisa Dilday, and for a time, we got to experience what really doing life with the church really meant. And guys, it wasn't about going to church together. That was something we got to do out of the relationship that we built. Guys, even on holidays when our families were doing things, something began to stir in us and sometimes we'd skip out on our blood relatives and go hang out with our kingdom family. Now that's crazy. How dare you do that? But I want you to understand something. The blood that you are covered by runs a whole lot deeper than the blood that you got from your mom and dad. Because this blood transcends generation. This blood transcends ethnicity. This blood transcends cultures. This blood transcends generations. And when you can begin to connect with a common thread, and that is by your connection to the vine, you will begin to find out that we really are better and we are stronger when we are together. Because demons begin to tremble when a body can come together and there's nothing that can separate you. I want you to understand a lot of the times what happens is the way that the enemy impacts the church. He gets in the fabric of the people and begins to cause a division. But when you connect with one another, that's not so easy. That's not so easy because when you get connected with one another, you begin to learn their faults and you love them anyway. You begin to learn their mishaps and you love them anyway because you understand that they aren't perfect just like I'm not perfect. Right? But I'm not alone in my unperfection, but we are, have this common unity in the body of Christ that we are connected by a presence of the Spirit of God that would begin to strengthen us in a moment of weakness. When we truly connect with believers, we begin to desire to do life with them, not just do church. Guys, I want you to understand something. Here's another thing that if you remember anything that I say this morning, remember this. God's intention for your life 
goes way beyond the four walls of your church. And I believe this is one of the mandates upon this house. That we understand that we're going to be far more effective in the region if we understand we can begin to build the kingdom outside of the church just as much as we can build the kingdom inside the church. Amen? What would the kingdom look like if it was beginning to be released in the streets and not just in the church house? You want to, we all talk about whatever happened to the glory days when the explosion happened. Well, we start doing what we're supposed to be doing and we'll step back into that. Amen? But guys, I want you to understand there is a measure of people that is moving in this kingdom family reality and it is beginning to be the most fulfilling life you could ever imagine. The most fulfilling life you could ever imagine. And I'm going to read through this scripture and I'm going to close this morning. Acts chapter 2. Are you guys still good? Acts chapter 2. Let's. This is what's intriguing me right now. Because... I'm kind of like Pastor Zach when he gets up here. Guys, I'm just as Pentecostal as the next person. Charismatic, demon casting out, deliverance, you know, oil flying, spitting, running, and all that. Just as much as the next person. And I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and the one commonality that all Pentecostal churches have is we base the entirety of the Bible of the beginning of Acts chapter 2. Remember, we can even get back in the day, ha, and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong because it is so crucial that that happened. We are able to step in what we are called to step in because of the beginning of Acts 2. But I am beginning to be more excited about the end of Acts chapter 2 as I am the beginning of Acts chapter 2. Amen? Because this is what happens. At the end of Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 40, it says this, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his words were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfast. Listen to this. They continued. They didn't just have a moment where they could receive something good and go about their business. When they got impacted by the power of the Spirit of God, they began to continue in steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods. They divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, those who were being saved. When we truly connect with the believers, when we truly connect, we will begin to advance the kingdom at a rate that I don't believe we have ever seen before. Not just when we come in and have an explosive evangelist. Not when we have all the ministries lined out that's going to impact every generation. No, when we come together as a family, then we will begin to see some. You know what? This, this is just my thought. We were on the way here and we was listening to a message. And they begin to prophesy some things. And, and I don't even know when this message was preached. But it was Dutch Sheets and Damon Thompson. But they said as a consequence of the family that God is bringing together in that house, they were declaring that the world is going to be able to look at that family and see a different model that they're going to run to instead of run from. Guys, I don't mean to burst our bubble, but the reason a lot of people don't want to come to church is not because of Jesus. The reason people don't want to come to church is because of the people that makes up the church. 
Hello? <laughs> well, you liked me up until that point, right? Go ask a waiter or a waitress what their favorite day of the week is to wait tables. I promise you it's not going to be Sunday. And that's the indictment over the house of God. And why do we do this? It's because we refuse to come into alignment with the word of God that causes us to be a family that promotes the kingdom of God that shows the world what it really looks like to be a kingdom person. This is why we've got to be so crucially connected in this hour because it will begin to produce those things which we have never been able to produce but always wanted to. Now, real quick, I'm going to go through just through a list of characteristics of the early connected believers. Church, we've got to be a like-minded group of people. And I think it's so crucial, and this is not to stay away from people that don't necessarily believe like you, don't have the same background as you, but we have got to be connected with people that seek after the God the way that we seek after God. You may have a completely different realm of how you worship, but that should not keep me from connecting with you. Amen? Maybe something that you carry looks different from me, but it will just advance my personal relationship when I begin to add what you have with God onto what I have with God, and then all of a sudden we find out that we're growing and we don't even realize it. Amen? There's something amazing when we contact and be connected with the like Minded believers. Not only that, they did life together. They fellowshiped, breaking bread and prayers. They would eat supper. And guys, there's nobody in this room that probably doesn't like to eat. We all do that well. We're church people. But they didn't just get together to eat. They got together so they can talk about God and they can come into agreement concerning anything because they understood the word of God is true. And if we come into connection, when we come into agreement concerning anything, the Father will do that which we desire. Why? Because there's power in unity. There is power in unity. We can even go back to Genesis at the Tower of Babylon and understand that even when you go in the wrong direction, there's power in unity. But how much more when the Holy Spirit is right in the center and he's orchestrating the connection and orchestrating the relationship, how much more can we accomplish being together? We are better together. They had all things in common. Whatever was a need, it was met. Guys, and I'm not saying that, and there's, I don't think there's any proof that says that they lived like this the entirety of their life, but they came into an area of their life where a lot of people just needed help from other people and they was willing to give everything because their possessions didn't control them. Being the, in the presence of God is what controlled them and began to drive them in a direction. Whatever was a need, they would come together so there would be no lack. Church, hear me. We should not be operating in any lack whatsoever. And it's a consequence of being in unity and like-minded with one another. Are you guys still with me? They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Research shows that the happiest nations on the planet are not the most wealthy. You go back and you look at, and, and I don't encourage this, and I sure don't do this, but I don't play the lottery. But you go back and you look at the testimonies that have won the Powerball. Their lives are in shambles. They've lost family members. People that they thought they could trust turned their back off them and robbed them blind. Guys, I'm telling you, this, this obsession with attaining more and more is not what's going to be fulfilling. It's when we come and dwell within community, that's when we will understand that our lives are being fulfilled by the presence of God. And they worshiped and they praised God. Their hearts were moved by the Spirit of God and also by one another. 
One of the greatest things about doing life with people is that you stay in a constant attitude of being built up and stirred in your spirit. Why is that? Because when me and you come together and we're sitting around a dinner table and you begin to release revelation into my life, that which God is speaking to you, it does something to me. It stirs me up. It makes me want to go deeper with God. And then when I release what God has given to me into your life, it should make you stirred up and make you want to go deeper with God. Then what can happen when you have a group of people that are so unified by the Spirit of the Lord and we are constantly stirred up wanting to go deeper with God Then the region that we are called to will begin to be infatuated with the presence of God. Go ahead and stand with me. Worship team, will you come? Church, connection is the key to moving in step in the direction that the Spirit is leading. It's really quite simple. How do we get to where we're going? We connect. We connect with God. We connect with this house. And we connect with one another. It's amazing to me how we're always... Wanting to see something grand off the wall, something we've never heard before. That must be the key. And we have heard things we've never heard before. And it seemed like things were locked up just as tight as they ever were. But what do keys do? They open the door. So what's the key? It's your connection, your involvement. Your life spent well with God. Releasing what God has placed upon your life into the people that those around you. And you connect with each other like never before. Guys, I can tell you something. I need you. I need you. My wife needs you. I can tell you one thing. I don't know what we would have done. I don't know what we would have done if that time in our life where we was ready to call it quits, if there wasn't people that God would allow us to connect with. Has anybody ever been at the end of your rope too? Yeah. Devastation has overtaken you. Loss has come against you and the enemy keeps kicking you and pushing you down farther in the hole that you think you're in. But I thank God that there was a group of people. There was a family that I can truly call family. They was willing to lock arms with me and say, "Uh uh-uh, this is not the end of your story. We're going to turn the page and we're going to keep going. What God has in store for you. Oh, you know, sometimes I wish God would just put it on the screen, what he has in store for the life of the people connected here. Every one of you would sit there with your mouths open. No, that can't happen in my life. Yeah, it can. God's not a respecter of persons. If he'll do it for one, he does it for all. And guess what? He did do it for all. So I want to ask you this morning, do you feel like you've just been disconnected? Because there's also a reality to being disconnected. You spiritually die and you decay. You may look the part, you may speak the part, you may play the part, but you're empty inside. So I think on this Father, I think it's very strategic that today is Father's Day. And not necessarily earthly fathers, but this is His day. Because He wants to draw you in and reconnect you this morning. I'm going to ask if you feel disjointed and dismembered and disconnected, today is your day to reconnect.